0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program, and with me in the KFG studios, my business partner and fellow CFP, Josh Gregory, as well as special guest, Alicia
1: Boehner. Do you use part of your house for a small business or a side hustle, or do you drive your car for work? There are so many ways like this that our personal lives and our business lives can blur together. And if so, it can mean that your insurance is not written properly. So to help us unpack all of that, we've got Alicia Boehner back in the studio for today's episode.
0: I feel like that's probably a trend like, especially over the past 10 years, you know, and then and then even more so with COVID. So, yeah. Is it is it time to update or revisit your insurance because you've got some uh, unique situation like that? We're helping with that and more. If you have questions for the program or have needs, have questions about your insurance coverage, whatever, we're here to help. Call or text 574-222-2000, 574-222-2000, easy for me to say. Wisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us online. All over social media as well. Search the Wise Money Show, connect with us there. This is a two-part series. And so we appreciate auto owners for sponsoring the these programs. Last week's program, we were focusing on how insurance costs are rising, personal insurance costs are rising, as well as some tips on ways that you can manage that cost. So if you missed that, that episode, go check it out, YouTube or podcast. Uh, Alicia, welcome back. Glad to have you. We're gonna focus today on tougher issues. Okay, I'll just tell you, we are gonna hit summer insurance tips. That's upcoming. So if you're on the water or doing some some family trips, we've, we're going to be talking about that. But I want to start with where Josh uh, led us to, and that is the business use of a vehicle or your house, okay? And vehicle first, I think that probably applies to more people. If you drive your car for work, mm-hmm. whether you own it or whether the business own it, owns it, how should your insurance be structured? Let's start wading into that water.
2: Okay. So... This can be done a couple of different ways, mainly two. One, you can keep your auto on a per, what we call a personal auto insurance policy, which usually means the insurance company has said, eh, not worried about that. We're OK with that. But we change what's called the usage of the vehicle to business use if it's going to be driven for work a lot. Or the company may say, Ugh, we don't like what you're doing with your car (laughs) and we do not want to cover that. And then it needs to change to what we call a commercial auto policy or business auto policy.
0: Commercial auto policy is that
1: more expensive? Yep. Generally?
2: Hundred percent. Usually maybe double even.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So the the difference is kind of enhancing or or changing, modifying your existing policy that you've maybe had since you were 16 years old, versus adding a second one. Uh, for for adding the commercial, you have to have your car owned by the business, not or is always. that not necessary? Oh, I was going to ask yeah. that too. So
2: okay, so the vehicle can be personally owned, it can be business owned, or sometimes we can do what's called the leaseback agreement, where um, you as an individual or you as a business are leasing the vehicle from the other person that owns it and each company is different on what they will do regarding that so you'd have to ask about that titling what they require depending on the carrier
1: is is there some kind of threshold for activity you know is it a certain percentage of the miles you drive each year that would matter or if i get in my car one time and i'm using it for work purposes you know murphy's law would say well that's when the accident's going to occur and does that create a problem in in some way
2: So, it's easier for me to tell you guys what's not okay Okay. on a personal auto policy. Here are some things that are generally not okay with maybe not all companies, but a lot of companies. If you have signage on your vehicle of any type, Almost always, many carriers will say, "Nope, we will not keep that on a personal auto policy."
0: What about a really dirty car where someone wrote, "Wash me"? On it? Does that <laughs> count?
2: That's fine, and that's not a business. Mate. Never wash uh, me uh, is more of an action item. Not... But what,
1: what if it's a car washing business? <laughs> right, <laughs> wash the car wash. <laughs> that Please
0: will need to change. Kick, kick some uh, some some goodies back to us for that idea. I if it, personally, I've never gotten a car wash. Never. I might start. I, I might need to, but never got in a car wash. So, okay. So signage, All helpful. Right.
2: Signage is one. The gross vehicle weight of the vehicle. I know that sounds silly, but if the gross vehicle weight exceeds a certain amount because the truck is so large, mm. they know it's kind of used for something a little different, right? right. Then that can sometimes throw it to commercial.
1: People don't usually uh, drive a dump truck as they're Daily commuter or something?
2: You got it. If it's a commercial-type vehicle, that's another one that can, like, Uh a hearse or something of that nature. Um, How the vehicle is titled, that can sometimes make it switch. This was a weird one that I didn't even realize. How how
1: it's titled, meaning... Who's the owner of it? Correct. It's-
2: if it's the business, some companies will say nope. If it's titled to the business name, then we either need to move it to commercial. But some will say no, we've got that leaseback agreement. You uh-huh. can say that you're leasing it from one to the other. Hmm. Um, and the weight of the tools you are carrying. Oh, one weird. of our one of our carriers. I didn't even realize that was a rule, but I looked at it and that's a rule.
0: Okay, so now now I'm gonna now I'm gonna uh, really put you to the test here. So right. it's a it's a personal business or a personal auto policy. Okay. And you rarely drive for work, okay. but you go to you go to work and someone needs to go pick up a supply and oh, that supply could be coffee or could be run into Menard's or something like that to grab something. And you go and do that mm-hmm. in your own personal vehicle that is personally insured mm-hmm. and there's an accident. Yep, Is the business at fault or, or at risk and is there any coverage for that?
2: How would that work? Okay, so you personally are going to be covered by your personal auto policy. So if you get pulled into the suit as Mike Bernard, you're going to be covered that way. But if Corhorn Financial Group gets pulled into that lawsuit because they say, Oh, Mike, what were you doing? Well, I was on my way to go pick up pens. And (laughs) I was doing that for Corhorn. Then the business needs to have something that's called non-owned auto coverage. And that non-owned auto coverage would be picking up that exposure when they do not own. Corehorn doesn't own your personally owned vehicle, but you're running that errand for Corhorn.
0: Does, so does the business, and, and please don't use the business name. I feel like Bad Omens or like someone's going to come. So, uh, <laughs> don't go get we're, pens. We're not superstitious. Okay, we're not superstitious. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Um, is there some blanket coverage that – that employers should have that covers every possible vehicle or are they supposed to schedule this in advance so hey wait a second whoever's doing the starbucks run let's make sure that you have extended use like for your
2: well, well that's really what the non-owned coverage is is it's a it's blanket a coverage saying if mm. you don't own the vehicle okay. but they will ask you how many employees are using their vehicles to run personal errands so the business needs to ballpark that hmm. and use that
1: is this a pretty common thing as you're writing any business uh, yeah. you know business autos okay. how expensive is that i mean does that significantly increase a business's no. coverage oh no? thank goodness
2: no that's a reasonably priced so, that's,
1: so if you are a business owner and you have your your vehicles covered or whatever. And there could be some employees or someone driving on behalf of the business in their own vehicle. You need to have this line of coverage built into your policy.
2: Yeah. And also keep in mind, if you don't own a vehicle as a business, you can add that to your liability insurance. So you can add that non-owned auto to your general liability that you might carry for your building for slip Mm. and fall type incidents. Mm -hmm. You can add that non-owned auto that way if you don't own a commercial owned vehicle right because not
1: every business is going to have car insurance because they don't have yeah. any cars and in, in no fleet or anything like that yeah okay so there's two ways to get that built into your your protection easy Good.
0: one just uh, so super easy so nope it's business owned vehicle or business policy and now instead of running for pens on during the weekday you're running for donuts on a saturday morning for your family and you get in an accident personally so now it's a business Vehicle and it's a business insurance policy, but you're driving it. There's an accident caused while you're using it for non business reasons, for personal reasons. Yeah. Assuming that one's easy.
2: Well, yeah. So, usually when you, when we as agents, we quote the insurance, it'll say, how are the vehicles used? Business use, personal use, or both?
0: And it's uh, almost always both, unless it's it's that, you know, dumpster, dump truck or something. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And then I want to get into, um, and this is going to start taking us into the next segment. But but if you're doing a side hustle mm-hmm. and you're driving your vehicle for that side hustle, mm-hmm. is it, you're giving me a smile here and not everyone can see. Is that That's dangerous territory. Is that right?
2: That is dangerous territory. So Uber drivers yeah. shipped. Listen up. Now our carriers are becoming more responsive. We're slow, right? Our industry is so slow. We're like dinosaurs crawling with our... <laughs> threshold for change and things that are new and different. So many companies will let you add an endorsement now to your personal auto insurance to cover Uber driving. Mm -hmm. It gets trickier when you're delivering something like food or a product. That often, if you're a pizza delivery person- commercial auto insurance, even though I know you're driving your personal car. Everybody knows you're doing it.
0: All right. We're going to, we're going to pick that back up as well as side hustle from your house. How does that shift your, your homeless insurance? So that more coming up on the wise money show with Corhorn financial group. This is wise money with Corhorn financial group. Do you drive your car for work? Bigger question. Do you ever work from home? That trend has increased significantly. Does that change how you should structure your insurance? We're helping with that and more right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Cohorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here with me. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, Alicia Boehner. All the, stay up to date on Wise Money content. All the Wise Money content is right there on the, on the website, wisemoneyshow.com. But then all of our social media as well. Go check it out. Wherever you're at, search the Wise Money Show. Follow us there. We appreciate it. All right, so we're talking about... The complicated area of when you know business and personal overlap mm-hmm. and with insurance while we've sort of we're, we're over the past 10 years that's more and more of a normal thing having your insurance structured correctly is not normal that is actually very <laughs> hard to do and so driving for a side hustle mm-hmm. we left off on that so you mentioned the Ubers and Uber Eats and all that sort of stuff. And I think I cut you off when you said when you're delivering something. Yes. So how, how do you structure it? Because is it like pizza delivery? I remember I never delivered pizzas when I was a teenager, but my best friends did. And the word was just don't tell anyone. Like, don't tell your insurance carrier. So is, is mm. ignorance bliss here? Or like, how should you structure things?
2: So you should always ask if you're delivering a product. You should always ask because the risk is you have claim and they realize you've got that uh, Papa John's thing on the top of your car. When you have that claim, they can deny that loss. Now, will they? Maybe. Maybe not. But mm. they can.
1: Yikes. So- and if that was a bad accident, they... They may be motivated to look for a, a loophole to say, hey, y- you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. You Correct. didn't you know, fully inform us of what the risks were when we were setting the price and making our arrangements together on this policy. And so you know, we shouldn't be on the hook is, is essentially what they would say in court probably, right?
2: Yeah. And back to that whole frequency severity thing, I would say the larger that loss is, the more likely the carrier might be to be incentivized to try to deny coverage, right, right. so yeah. unfortunately.
0: All right, so what about working from home? All right. So if you're working for your side hustle, and maybe, and, and the nature of a side hustle is you've got a main hustle, and so your side hustle is you're doing something and it's out of your house, do you need to have coverage for your house is there some like how would you structure that or or does it depend and if it does like what are some of the factors
2: okay so first working from home would imply that you work for someone else and you just have an office that you work from like i take my laptop home at night i do work That's usually fine on your homeowner's insurance. You probably don't need to make any changes unless what you're doing from home is out of the normal and you're not just punching a keyboard. If you own the business or you are the one operating the business, we're back to that famous phrase, well, it just depends. Mm -hmm. So most of the home policies will offer what they call incidental business endorsements. And that incidental is defined a lot of times by is it your full-time job or is it your part-time job? And how much income are you earning? And then what are you doing? So you might not earn very much income, but if you are a garage and you're changing people's oil, they're going to say, nope, that needs to go on a commercial auto policy. We're not going to cover that on a home policy. Um, It also could be um, the amount of tools and equipment that you're using at home or the building itself that you need to insure for the business. You might. Uh, max out cuz they'll only cover up to a certain dollar amount under that incidental business coverage. Why haven't we seen mm, that yet?
0: people hiring out doing changing oil out of their out of their house?
2: Because they don't tell their agent. It happens. Oh, they just really? Don't tell their agent. <laughs> That's if, it's if you do the it same answer. reach
0: out to me in your local. Just <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you ever changed oil before? No, I haven't. Not, not on a lawnmower or so, anything.
0: Yeah, well, maybe. You don't live in Alquerque. Okay, County. so uh, uh okay. Um with if you have if you work out of your house and you have customers ever coming to your house to pick something up or I I guess I'm thinking of for a business meeting or something, your your office location is your house. Does that increase like is that an it depends and yeah you should you should get some coverage there?
2: That is an it depends. Generally speaking, companies don't like foot traffic to the house.
0: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they're
2: probably gonna say it needs to go on a business type policy at that point but some exceptions would be a lot of carriers will write child care if it's under a certain number of kids or like piano lessons things they think are really low risk but if it was something other than those couple of things i'd say ask
1: what if you're producing something at home like an actual product you're you know i've got lots of friends who they make honey with honeybees or they uh, make maple syrup, or you or know some about, sort yeah. of a product. What
0: about the Etsy sort of thing where you're you doing? Go. you're doing something. So out this of your is house.
2: actually a super easy answer because your homeowners, when you add incidental business to your home, you're extending your home insurance coverage. That does not give you any product liability insurance. yeah, that if good point Your honey makes someone sick or <laughs> um your product is defective and hurts someone. So if you wanted coverage for that, You would definitely need business insurance, but if you were okay, like my honey never makes anyone sick, well, then maybe you're just worried about slip and fall at that point, and that might be okay.
0: Or bee stings. Have we considered that, Josh? (laughs) Okay. Um. So, okay, if you're if you're operating a side hustle out of your house, then you know if you're not producing any product or anything like that, and customers aren't coming, then it's it's not. It's not that big a deal, but if you're driving or delivering, it absolutely is. Is what I'm is what I'm hearing.
2: Well, yeah, and I guess I would just say if you own the business and you're operating the business out of your house, you 100. We're going to use this acronym since you're joking. Yeah. AYA, ask your agent.
0: Okay. Yeah. Ask yeah. your agent. I thought of that. You know, we we got there last uh, and last weekend show as well, but it's if you're anywhere and more and more people are are towing the line. If you're anywhere close to this line, I don't know how you can just get your insurance online without without an independent agent. I, I just mm-hmm. don't, I, I don't, I don't know. And, and you know, it, having an independent insurance agent, the reason why we say independent is someone that can, can truly represent you. They don't represent one insurance carrier. You go to them with your needs and situations, and guess what? Those situations change over time. They evolve over time. And that insurance agent then goes out to the market. They take your situation out and look at the portfolio of companies that they have access to and look and say, well, where's the best place for you? Where's the best price, the best place to get coverage, that sort of thing. That's what I mean by independent agent versus someone that works for just one insurance company. They're going to represent them. And there's a bunch of great people that do that but they truly represent the insurance company.
1: But, but if you want an even better arrangement, it's you're working with a certified financial planner who risk management is a big part of what you talk about when you're building a financial plan, mm-hmm. right? It's an entire section of the financial plan. How do you make sure that you have the right coverages in place that you have the right amount of protection and that you're not spending too much on it because every dollar that slips through the cracks in the form of too much insurance premium or unnecessary insurance premium is a dollar that's not helping you reach your goals. But you're you're going to have conversations often at a deeper level with a certified financial planner because they're talking about all areas, all activities, all the things that you have, do, have going in your financial life to help you reach your goals. And often topics come up that are insurable or there there's risk there that you don't even recognize mm-hmm. and you wouldn't like who's thinking about all the terrible things that could happen with that side hustle your certified financial planner should because what if that side hustle that you started for the you know the, the hope of helping build some financial independence in your life actually sends you in the wrong direction because the wrong event occurs and you didn't protect for it. Mm -hmm. So your certified financial planner, having your agent on speed dial, I think is important. They need to be collaborating together. This is not something where, you know, we said earlier in the show, sometimes people are told, well, just don't tell your agent and then you won't get charged for this. Yeah. Don't tell your agent means you're not protected for this quite often.
2: Yeah, it means you don't even know what that claim will be. Will it be a slap on the wrist? And sure, we'll cover it this time and cancel you because that's the other thing that happens. Or nope, we're going to deny that loss.
0: Yeah. And if uh, that's a
2: building, that's a problem.
0: It yeah. Really, really quickly here, uh, Airbnb, those sorts of things, uh, uh, renting your house out on a weekend or for a week or something like that. How is that covered?
2: It's about 50-50 split with carriers that are okay with it versus carriers that aren't, or at least for us, that's about what it is. There's always a limitation on the number of days you can rent out per year. If you go over that threshold, then you've moved into, again, a business policy type territory instead of homeowner's insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, But also know that that coverage is so limited. So most companies are going to require you have a property manager or you're working with an Airbnb or someone who's carrying underlying liability before they pick up. They don't want to be first in line for the claim probably not going to cover theft of your stuff in your house, may not cover damage to the house if the tenants or the guests.
0: Then why do you need like, so that's what you need the insurance for. And so again, I I would, if you're venturing into that again, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the ignorance is is bliss. I would talk Mm -hmm. to your insurance, insurance agent. Okay. Summer tips, summer insurance tips. We've got that more coming up on the wise money show with Corhorn financial group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, weather is has improved here in the Midwest. It's it's uh, spring, it's approaching summer. That means a new season and changes to your insurance. We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, insurance expert, Alicia Boehner. Uh, make sure you stay up to date on, on, uh, every episode of the wise money show that and a lot of other contents on the YouTube channel, go to YouTube, search the wise money show, check us out there. We appreciate that. All right. So it's the, the you know, sometimes in, in Michiana, Michigan, in, in Indiana or the Midwest, you can get all three or four seasons in one day. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you get it in, in one day, but the trend has been getting better weather. And what does that mean? You know, people are fishing, people are out on their boat, mm-hmm. people are doing some fun things and all of that. Anytime there's a seasonal change, you've got to be aware of how that might impact your insurance. So Alicia, open segment here, It's right. just some summer insurance tips, things to be aware of uh, in, in general.
2: Okay. So anytime you've got the toys, right, the boats, the ATVs, even if we're talking other season, winter snowmobiles, anybody that's regularly driving, that vehicle needs to be listed as a driver. So we think of our family members, but we might not think of, oh, my adult children that don't live with me. I need to list those as drivers if they're regularly driving the boat or the jet ski.
0: Because they're back home for the summer or they're spending more time It's more because
2: they have regular access, to. They are a regular operator, and they're regularly accessing it. Or I know, um, not to name any names, but we have some friends that snowmobile regularly with groups of people. And I'm guessing occasionally they borrow each other's snowmobiles. Those types of situations, you want to list those other drivers. Um, What about golf carts? Do you guys... Are you guys getting the golf cart communities? There, there
0: is totally hmm. a trend going on Napanee with golf carts.
2: is golf cart friendly. And my Scott kids Bainer beg for one begging. all the time. Yep. Really? Yeah. Scott's begging right now too. If you are driving that golf cart on the road and it is leaving either a golf course or your property, it needs to be covered differently. Hmm. Don't assume if it's on your homeowner's insurance, it's going to be covered right. You need to make sure that it is covered correctly. Um, and you want more of an auto structure, I would say, type coverage for that.
1: What about my tractor?
2: Are you driving like if I, a tractor off your property? Well, like if garage? I
1: took it to a neighbor, or you know, I, I go clear their driveway for them in the winter. Yeah. Well, don't charge them. It's off them. my property. I don't.
2: Don't charge them. It it gets a little dicey if you're taking it off okay. your property. So maybe
1: we need to talk then.
2: Yeah. Whenever yeah. you're taking something off, if you're adding a toy typically to your home insurance, it's again, we're extending coverage from that home policy. Well, where does that home policy end? Usually the home
0: yeah, for certain your property types line. of
2: liability situations. Yeah. So,
0: oh, okay. So let me get into a niche area here, but I think it's it's summer and seasonal related. Okay. Um, you're you're you've got a boat that you you don't have a slip on a lake, you just take it around to different different lakes. And so towing that boat around and that ends up causing an accident or or something like that. Um, conversely, you know, in the summer weather's people are moving more, spring, some of that's housing season and so grabbing borrowing someone's trailer, throwing all your furniture in it and moving it around. Again, same thing. How does coverage work if you're towing something? Does the trailer need to be covered specifically? And what about the property on it? Just get into that a little bit.
2: Okay, so the liability insurance will usually uh, extend from whatever vehicle's towing it. So you're going to have coverage if it's your truck, Mike, then it would be covered by your insurance automatically for liability if it's personal use. If it's business use, that's not the case. Make mm. sure you add liability to it if it's a business owned trailer, if you want liability. Um but if that sucker comes detached, yeah. you're not attached to a polling unit anymore. So oh my goodness. that can get a little bit awkward. That's what
1: those chains are for, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Keep that sucker. Well, I'm touched. not I don't yeah. have any any and, intentions here, but and physical
2: damage, <laughs> if you want coverage for the trailer itself, you have to add it to the policy. So if all you need is liability and you're not towing a lot, I would say you're fine with you know it not being listed but you,
1: so, so you're saying the if you got in an accident and the trailer was damaged and you
2: want that replaced you yeah. need to add that trailer to your car insurance for that trailer to have what we call physical damage but, coverage. but if
0: the trailer causes damage because it becomes detached or you take a sharp turn and need it to be a wider turn yeah um, the trailer causes damage.
2: Usually the trailers are attached. I've never had a claim denied for that. Okay. So almost always the trailer's attached to the vehicle. The vehicle's liability is extending and covering that.
0: Yeah, wild. Okay, other other summer tips.
2: Um, the other one I can think of is motorcyclists. So one big one on motorcycle policies, we'll sometimes see a policy that a client brings in or a prospective client, and they have super low medical payments coverage. Mm. Well, what in the world? Who's going to get the most injured in a motorcycle accident? You, if that thing topples. So the reason agents do that is it's a very expensive coverage, but I would say max that puppy out. If you can afford it, max that coverage out Mm -hmm. because you likely would use it if you ever were in an accident. That's Mm -hmm. a big one.
0: Here's here's an insurance trend, or here's let's just say a summer trend. The summer road trip. And um, if you have kids playing travel baseball, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. But for the rest of you, if you're taking the you know family out west or you're going to one of the lakes or something like that and you're doing a family road trip, mm-hmm. if you're obviously taking your own vehicle, then n- no biggie. But if you're renting a vehicle because you don't want to put the miles on or you don't have the minivan or whatever and you're renting it, number one, all those rental cars, those costs are going up. Mm-hmm. But how does the insurance work with that? Do you Should you buy the coverage from the rental company? Do you already have coverage on your own? I guess that's another thing that happens in the summer, the family road trips, maybe renting a vehicle. Speak to that a little bit, Lisa.
2: So if you have full coverage on the vehicle that you're replacing, then you would have some coverage. You're going to have liability coverage extending from your auto insurance policy. So you usually don't need to add that coverage via the rental company. But the physical damage part, like if you actually wreck the rental vehicle, that can get real dicey. Your policy will cover the way your policy covers, but what it doesn't cover is um, loss of use. So Mm -hmm. the rental company may say, hey, you know, this car that you paid you know, 40 or 50 bucks a day for. Now we can't rent it to somebody else. We want you to pay that. Well, that's not automatically covered by your car insurance. Or the rental car company may come back and say, well, now this vehicle has a salvage title and it's not worth as much. And so they call it diminished value. And that's not going to be automatically covered. Um, You can add that. Usually you can add that coverage into your auto insurance if you want it and you regularly are renting. But if it's just a one-off, I would pick it up from the rental car company.
1: What about uh, your deductible following, like if you've got a thousand dollar deductible on your normal driver, but then you uh, rent a car, it's going to have a thousand dollar deductible again?
2: Yeah, I would think, I I guess I never looked at that to be truthful, but I would think so.
1: Because it seems like that's maybe one of the, the selling points that some people will point to for why they get the coverage on that rental. They basically just, here's your car, I wrecked it, sorry, it's back in your hands. And you and can walk away. Exactly. Yeah. So you're not worried about how many days are they waiting for parts to come in and how long is it going to be before the mechanic can touch this and get it fixed again. All that time, as you said, this is this is a business that is using that car to make money Turn and they in. can't. So that's a big part of, of the cost, potentially, that you could be out of pocket if you don't buy their coverage.
2: Typically, when I talk to people, I say I'd buy their physical damage and you can decline the liability. That's typically mm. what I say.
1: Ah, all right,
0: two, two other, uh, these are gonna be complicated. Over, since COVID, people have their dwelling, they've they've added pools, they've added more recreational uh, activities that they can do at their house. And that's that's a trend. So with now the weather being better and starting to use those pools or other things, any tips, is it, hey, make sure that you've got the right liability coverage, umbrella, all that sort of stuff?
2: Yeah, definitely making sure you've got the umbrella if you have watercraft. But also if you're adding a pool or something like that, a lot of carriers will have restrictions, like it has to be a fenced pool. Or if it's an above-ground pool, that you have to have a removable ladder so that you don't have a neighbor child wander into your yard and you know get hurt. Mm-hmm. Same thing with trampolines. A lot of companies want them to be netted or fenced in yard for those types of things. So just making sure you're asking to make sure that your company – you're following whatever rules they require for that. M-
0: Most people look at, yeah, I mean, if you live in a subdivision neighborhood, what are the bylaws? But you should check bylaws and then check with your insurance carrier as well exactly. to, to make sure. Trampoline, that's another one that that you already mentioned. The other thing I was going to mention, we don't have time to hit it right now. We'll pick it right back up, but that is that's fireworks. Oh. And and what that, what you know, is it just basically blanket insurance coverage for your home insurance or is there anything else you need to be aware of so that and then we're going to pick back up with other insurance trends so we've got a lot more coming up on the wise money show with Corehorn Financial Group this is wise money with Corehorn Financial Group thanks for being here this is the wise money show with Corehorn Financial Group my name is Mike Bernard here with me in the KFG Studios josh gregory special guest alicia banner want to say thank you to our sponsor today auto owners insurance been a faithful sponsor of the wise money show as we as we hit insurance topics and how that fits within your overall financial plan and financial life uh we we appreciate them and if you've missed any of today's episode or last weekend when alicia was on as well or anything else the entire library of wise money shows are on podcast wherever you listen just go to go there. Search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe. Follow us there. Rate the program as well. We appreciate that. All right. So we're still in sort of the summer insurance tips, and one of the ones, and, and we're not big firework people, people, but our neighborhood does just an outlandish amount of fireworks. They're not like in, somewhere else in the neighborhood. There's a little pond, and they go out on the pond, and they just like. I don't know. It's just a lot. It's it's a lot. So, anything to be aware of if you're a firework fanatic, because obviously there's risk there. Yeah. Incidental use does it depend, and you should contact your agent. What would you say?
2: I would say you probably should ask your agent because this is kind of a stump your agent one on this one. It's really going to depend on what the exclusions are in your homeowner's insurance. I would assume that they would defend you if you were the one that lit them off and it ended up ultimately injuring someone. But whether if it caused damage to other property, that's where I'm kind of getting hung up. It just depends on where you're lighting them off, whether it's on your property, off your property. Um, But I would guess, and this is a guess purely, that your homeowner's liability will extend. So ask your agent, make them check your policy, double check that.
0: I had a situation this long time ago. Clients, um, their neighbors were, I don't even think it was on 4th of July, but were lighting off fireworks and whatnot and ended up getting some brush Caught on fire, oh boy, and on their own property. Okay, it just melted the siding mm-hmm. for these neighbors, and so um, there was coverage. That's I, fire. Yeah, I, I there was there was coverage, but it was it was not enjoyable, not fun. Yeah. So, all right. So let's shift gears then, and and go back to sort of this blending of when personal and business use sort of overlap. What are some other? Sort of small business or commercial use, sort of trends that are happening in in the insurance world or in real life that you need to be aware of with with uh, with insurance.
2: So I'll tell you, we're getting calls about um, almost like airbnb anything. Like it's like nothing's off limits. I want to rent my boat out for a day. I want to rent my RV out for a day. So definitely, people who are Airbnbers, they're kind of widening their scope of what they want to offer usage for and our carriers you know we talked about that dinosaur crawl they're a little bit more concerned when we get into the toys and whether or not the people who are renting the house know how to use that watercraft appropriately or have ever ridden a jet ski or driven one and what that could mean for them being pulled into a claim Hmm. so i would say any of those types of things those are trends we're seeing and i think we're going to see insurance companies starting to scramble here's one too renting a nanny, like nanny sharing. We had that question the other day. Will you cover nanny share? I have all of these parents coming to my house and we rotate houses. We pay one full-time nanny and there's three or four families and they rotate different houses they go to. And all of my companies said, huh? (laughs) And then a couple of them said, oh yeah, we've heard about nanny share. So these are trends in bigger cities where you know it's dual income families all these things are coming about and the companies will slowly scramble figure out their policy and then write it in or exclude it if they don't want to cover it
0: okay any any insurance risk or issue to be aware of if you're renting out someone else's airbnb we did this for the first time over spring break it was fantastic we we did a vrbo for the for the first time hmm. and yes it was great experience And I'm trying to think, you know, we obviously brought our possessions with us, brought our vehicle, that sort of thing. Um, But any insurance risk that I need to be aware of as the renter, because I'm renting someone else's house, and maybe they, you know, they haven't thought of everything or the condition or whatever anything i need to be aware of
2: usually those policies if you're using a professional service like vrbo or airbnb they are offering some coverage there for that so hopefully that policy would go first but i would think if you were the one that specifically caused the damage there's always a risk that you'll be pulled into that lawsuit mm-hmm. from a liability perspective same thing as the fireworks conversation earlier
1: yeah it's more
2: than likely you're going to get pulled in and um Just making sure you've got that liability limit that makes sense for you to defend.
1: Yeah, that's an important concept. That I I remember back the first time I heard about subrogation. Oh, fancy fancy term, right? Mm -hmm. But it's possible that um, you know you you have a I'll say a friendly neighbor that comes to your property gets injured on your property. Um, You know there there may be liability there, or, or maybe there's a scenario where someone else's insurance pays out and it's their insurance company that comes back after you. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what subrogation is, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's entire departments at some of these insurance companies could be a health insurance company. Um, you, you know, that, that person that got injured on your property, they go to the hospital, they've got all this care, their health insurance policy is paying out for them, mm-hmm. and they don't like writing those big checks and they want to look anywhere they can to try to recoup some of their costs. And so they would be looking at a homeowner in a, in a case like that. And so, so some people just think, well, it's my friend that's borrowing my boat or my friend that, you know, he, they would never sue me if something happened. Well, it's, it's not necessarily you or not necessarily your friend that would be suing you. It could be their insurance company and your friend's hands are tied ultimately.
2: Right, and also I tell people, remember that grief and financial peril, those two strange things to people, right? Mm. So we always need to remember that whenever we have death or you know, a long time paralysis situation, they just monetarily can't absorb that loss. So they may not want to sue you, but they might have to sue you for them to be able to survive. And if they're choosing that hierarchy of need, they're gonna pick their family before you possibly. Mm. Um, So that's Mm. important. And also you hit on another thing, which is if you own a home-based business, some companies, they wanna insure both, the home and the business. So make sure your company's okay with that too.
0: Interesting. Uh, other sm- let's let's just go headlong into you own a small business then yeah. trend trends there we talked uh, last episode about rising costs for home and auto insurance are we seeing that the same way with commercial what are some other kind of small business insurance trends
2: yeah so commercial property we're seeing the same trend in commercial auto because those are the two areas we're experiencing all those things we talked about last week in our segment about inflation so we're definitely looking at those two lines going up Um, cyber has been the hot ticket item for the last few years but it seems like in 2023 that's kind of stabilized a little bit more I don't know if that will be long-term or short-term, but I would say as a business owner, you really need to be aware of cyber exposure. Anytime you've got client information or you're taking credit cards, make sure your credit card merchant is covering that risk. Um, So that's a big one. Hmm. Um, Work comp has always been kind of an up-and-down industry. That's very stable, and carriers really like that right now. It seems like most Hmm. companies are doing really well with work comp. Um, So those are kind of some general trends that we're seeing in the commercial side of things
0: if I could just yeah at a macro level so so general trends it seems as though all businesses have had to deal with a I word over the past 18 months two years inflation and they're they're both their prices have gone up and their costs have gone up that's Mm -hmm. that's how that works that's just uh, that's how that works when you dump five trillion dollars into the economy that right it so prices will go up costs will go up and therefore, in that cosmic like reshuffling of prices to get everything back to balance, um, insurance prices going up might also lead a business to say, I've got to make some cuts. I can't afford this adjustment. But risks are increasing for businesses. And so would you say for a business owner, sit down and regularly review your coverages and what coverage gaps you may have with your independent insurance agent.
2: Absolutely, because that business that you insured a few years ago, the cost to rebuild that building, Mm -hmm. it's going to change just like the cost of construction has gone up. And a lot of commercial policies will have what we call coinsurance co-insurance limit on that building, which is basically a penalty that if you're not insuring a certain percentage of what the the building would cost to rebuild, you're going to be in a penalty state, and you're going to be dacked money at the time of a claim if if you're outside of that percentage threshold so making sure you're okay there Um, also a lot of businesses just don't even think about business income coverage and that if their building burned down now you can't perform that service you don't have that um, person coming in so they might want to make sure they've got that coverage right
0: trends have shifted within the commercial and business world over the past few years. If you haven't caught up, well, now you've got to catch up, but then also deal with inflation and all these other changes. So sit down with your insurance agent and same on the, on the personal side. Of course, if you're towing the line between business use, personal use, VRBO or, or, or side hustle, that sort of thing, make sure you're working with your independent agent. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Alicia Banner, Josh Gregory, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the wise money show with Corhorn financial group. Uh, L T Forest segment. Land the plane. Oh, sorry. I was just uh, tr- trying trying to come up with a <laughs> an acronym. An acronym. <laughs> an acronym. I you didn't really even know what I did. That you was You just wow. confused me. Thank you for the effort. It took a lot of energy there. <laughs> All right. So forest segment.